yet you love us anyways. Lord God, we thank you for the breath that we breathe and the strength to get up out of bed. Lord, that you will awaken us up again this morning that we might have this day. Yes, Lord. But Lord God, we give you freedom to move in this place today. Speak to each heart. Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would not just be in the song, but Lord God, we would allow you to enter our hearts today, Lord God, that we would be changed and transformed. Lord, that it would bring renewal to our lives. And, and Lord God, uh, that we would be on fire for you, Lord God. Lord God, that we would love you only a portion as you have truly loved us. Thank you, Lord. But Lord God, have your way. We thank you for all that you've done and, and all that you're doing. And, and Lord God, we come with expectation knowing that you are in our midst. You are forever changing our ways. We thank you for that, Lord God. But Lord, you never change. The truths are always the truth. Your love is always there. Your presence is always available to us. We thank you today. Our ushers come forward. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for that which you have provided us with, uh, provision for. Lord, as we prepare to give a tenth of tithe, a portion back, Lord God, we ask that you bless that gift. Lord, that you bless that giver. And Heavenly Father, we would never forgive that you are the, or forget that you are the provider, you are the giver of the gift. And all that we have is yours. We loan it to us for sheep. Bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Lord, today I'm going to challenge you. We don't hardly ever take a second offering. Today I'm going to give you an opportunity, as many of you have already given to the backpack. But today I'm going to give you one last opportunity, as next weekend is that time. We still have things that, that we need to buy for the packs. We do have all the packs, but there's things that we need to, to have buy to put in them yet. Uh, we have bought the food and we've got the packs and stuff. But uh, I'm going to give you one last opportunity to give unto that, put you on the spot. So brothers, if you come forward, we've already given. God knows you want to give some more. God knows if you can't give, you know something. God knows that as well. So, so praise the Lord. Uh, Brother Chuck, we can lift up this offer before please. Father, we thank the Lord that we have an opportunity for a purpose for serving this community, this Russian community, uh, with a backpack giveaway, with a fun day uh, next Sunday. We just pray, Lord, that uh, you would bless our efforts, Lord. Father, that you would make this outreach fruitful and effective for your purposes, for souls, for your kingdom, Lord. Um, that you would bless every giver today, Lord. That you would use uh, these offerings, Lord, in a mighty way, Lord, to accomplish your will. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 church today and, and uh, many of you this is your home and some are visiting but yeah. I tell you whether you're visiting or or you make this your home I pray that uh, that you will leave here with some from the words of God and some wisdom of God's word and and hopefully an uplifted heart through what praise and worship time praise the Lord God is calling us to to walk a deeper walk with him you know so many times we want to have a broad walk. We think it's all about the numbers and filling the seats, and it's so important because it's souls that have an opportunity to know about Jesus. But what God calls us to is a deeper walk with Him. 
He calls us to a more in-depth knowledge of Him, a, a deeper a devotion to Him, and a, and a deeper knowledge of His Word that we might not sin against Him. Does that make sense? God wants us to know Him. God wants us to have a relationship or interaction with Him, and He wants to be a part of everything that we do. And praise the Lord. Today I want to talk to you about Revelation. Last time I spoke in Revelation, it was about the church in Philadelphia. Today I want to talk to you about the church in Laodicea. Laodicea was a very rich church. It was a very rich uh, area, region. There was much, uh, much that they were proud of. And I tell you, as I use the word proud, you know that I'm going to be speaking somewhat on that, as we don't speak much about pride here other than to get rid of it, to be humble. And they became, because they were so blessed, a people who forgot about the attitude of being humble. They forgot that everything that they had was a blessing that was provided for them. And, and you know, as, as we look around, there are many not here today, and they're enjoying the blessings of those things that God has, has blessed them with. Amen? And as our summers are short, how can you begrudge somebody to, to use that which God has given them? And, and so we don't speak against that. Uh, in fact, I sometimes encourage you that because we all need rest. Amen? But if we're ministering where we're going, then are we not still doing the ministry of God where we're at and where he takes us to? So it's not a sin not to be in church as long as you remember that God is still, it's a day of rest, but it's not necessarily a day of doing nothing. It's a day of to speak of the Lord and to worship the Lord, to demonstrate the Lord's blessings. If you're a camper and, you're, and your big new truck is a blessing from God and you allow others to know about it, uh, guess what? Praise the Lord. It's a good thing. The Laodicea of the church took great pride in its financial wealth. It was an area very rich in banking establishments. Much money came through there. Where there's a lot of money, there's always money available. Is that Ronnie Reagan had the trickle-down uh, theory. You know, where there's lots of money, money will trickle down to those uh, and, and to the outlying areas. I'm not here to preach politics. That was his theory. And, but it is true where there is lots of money, there is money and services that people will pay people to do. Amen? So it was a wealthy area. It was a banking establishment. They, were, they had an extensive textile industry. And what they were really known for is a, is a black wool cloth, which was very usable and very wearable. And, and they were known from that around the regions of this black wool cloth. And they were very proud of that. They had medical schools. I mean, this is an area that was so wealthy that they actually raised up doctors in those days. I mean, let that tell us that we need doctors, amen? We don't speak against doctors. We know Dr. Jesus who heals us, uh, but he gives doctors talents that they might speed up or, or eradicate that which is bad within us that Jesus might do the rest, amen? God can do it all, amen? Don't let me, don't let me speak against Jesus, I'm not. I am saying he is the giver of the gift. He is our healer. But yet he gives those many giftings, and we are to use them. So the city was very proud of that. But one thing the city lacked, and it really speaks to my heart as I read it, it said that they lacked adequate water supply. This was a city in a dry region where they lacked water. No, they had hot springs. They had other things. But they lacked fresh water and an adequate supply of that water. And as I think about it and I read it, as we begin to read the scripture, it's no surprise to me that Jesus, in an area where they became prideful, where they re 
relied on their wealth, where they had great textile, and they and they and they talked about black clothing, and, and they also had the medical schools. And when we begin to leave Jesus behind, He'll let us thirst for Him. We'll thirst for 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 greater things. Many folks today who are wealthy thirst for more. They don't know what they're looking for. They're in a wealthy place, but yet many take their lives because they're looking for something more, aren't they? It doesn't surprise me when I see that the city was lacking adequate water supply that they were really lacking in Jesus in their walk as well. I'm not saying that's the reason why. What I am saying is that the two kind of go together to me. We know that Jesus is the, the well, the spring of living water that never goes dry, isn't it? He is the thing that keeps them uh, keeps them satisfied and, and adequate. But it said they lack adequate water supply. Revelation 3.16. Really, we're starting at 15. I'm going to let you read it. But Revelation 3.16. Really, 3.15 says, I know your deeds. Maybe up there for him. No. Oh. Uh, a little warm, cold about your spit you out of my mouth. That's verse 15. I know your deeds. I thought I had it down right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It says, I know your deeds. That you are neither hot or cold. I wish that you were either one or the other. This is Jesus speaking. If you go into Revelation, and it's written by John, John on the Isle of Epaphras, and, and he had a revelation of these things, and it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, and this is one of the things that, that, he, that he spoke to. So Jesus is speaking to you and I. He spoke to the church in Laodicea. And he starts out many times. And if you read these uh, revelations, you're going to see many times that Jesus says, I know your deeds. He knows everything about us, doesn't he? He knows the hairs on our heads. He knows our deeds. He knows our needs. But I tell you here, it starts out that I know your deeds. You go to 16. So because you are lukewarm, either hot or cold, I'm about to spit or vomit other, other uh, or spew other uh, um, versions of saying, uh, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth, says the NIV. So I shared some this morning in prayer. You know, lukewarm, that's really, it, he's speaking to a people who are not dependable. They come and they go, they have an on and off again relationship with the Lord. And I think some of us, if we really look at ourselves, have an off and on relationship with the Lord. We can, we can, a little bit of the Lord is enough. A little bit of the Lord is enough. I'll, I'll come once a month or once every two weeks. We, we fulfill our obligation or what we feel is an obligation. But yet here they have the same issue. They are on again and off again. They would do well for a season, and then they would not do well for a season. And I'm talking individuals, and as individuals go, so goes the body of believers. Amen? So I tell you that they were lukewarm, which means that they really weren't dependable. A lukewarm person is not dependable. If they're lukewarm about their job, they'll show up for them to, they'll do what is necessary, perhaps, but really uh, don't have much enthusiasm to drive or do much more than what is really required of them. Uh, let alone, see what happens, a lukewarm person doesn't really reach out to other people. They, they fulfill their obligation, uh, what they believe is their obligation, uh, letter of the law, so to speak, but yet they don't grow spiritually. And they don't, uh, they don't evangelize regularly. Right. See, they were, they were on again, off again type of people. They, their faith uh, was in their worldly things. We get distracted by worldly things, guys. 
You know, I don't know how many times I've prayed for people to get a job, and the next thing you know, we don't see it. God gives them a job. He answers the, he answers the prayer. I almost question myself to pray for anybody for a job anymore because they get a job and then we don't see them. They forget the, the giver of the gift and, and the blessing that came their way through the prayers and answered prayer. And all of a sudden you don't see them for two, three, four weeks, six weeks, and sometimes longer than that until the pastor gives them a call. And, and then I might force them into coming once or twice, and sometimes you don't see them at all. And I'm not complaining. It is an observation from these set eyes, and I have four eyes, uh, but... But it's about a spiritual thing that we need to be concerned about. Remember, Jesus always speaks about the spirit, the spiritual. Oh, he may speak about physical things that, that we might understand them, but truly he is speaking about the spiritual, the eternal, the thing that affects our lives, the things that affect our hearts, the way we think, the places we go, the things we do, and the people we reach out or the lack of reaching out to. That was Jesus's. What does he call us to do? He calls us to make disciples baptize them, and then he calls us to go out and act. Boy, it's pretty quiet in here. <laughs> I know I'm not stepping on anybody's toes and somebody be screaming or something, you know, step on their toes. <laughs> See, they were unwilling sometimes in many places, uh, things to, to strive toward that which was best. You know, anytime you... Anytime you go buy something, man, there's a lot of people who shop. My wife, wife loves to shop. Linda loves to shop. Probably it's true with most of you ladies. I don't know, and some men. You know, sometimes you can go and you can go to Walmart and find a reasonably priced thing, but yet it's not the real thing. It's not the gold that Jesus wanted them to have. The gold that is refined, and we'll get to that. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But, but Jesus wants to have gold that is refined in the fire, doesn't he? And that is expensive because a, a pure gold, if you buy jewelry, the, 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 the better quality of the gold, the more it costs, isn't it? That's true. As many of us, and even in these days, they were settling for worldly things. They were putting their hope in the material things and the, the medical schools and all the financial abilities. But Jesus wanted them to have a deeper walk with him, that which would last eternal instead of things that were of this world that are temporal. So he spoke to them. The church did not, see, the trouble is with this church that is lukewarm, the church did not supply healing for the spiritually sick. They weren't going very deep with the Lord. They weren't supplying spiritual healing for the sick. They were covering the outskirts, you're okay, I'm okay type of attitude. You're okay what you do, I'm okay what I do. You're here today, you've done your duties, and and praise the Lord, we can all go out and say we feel good. Feel good? Woo! Yeah, not feeling so good. No, we're all feeling good, and I'm glad you're here today. But I tell you, this is the word of God. Hopefully I leave it to that. The church did not supply healing for the spiritually sick. And, and I believe that God used the, the term vomit or fuel for that reason. See, Jesus wasn't speaking about how he was feeling. He was speaking into the people about their condition. And how many who, who know if you're a nurse, you know about vomit, right? Or if you're a mom or a dad, you have kids, you know about vomit, right? And I tell you, it doesn't smell very good. And it comes at un, without an announcement. It just comes, doesn't it? And, it, and you can depend on two things. It's going to make a mess, it's going to smell bad, and it's going to happen when you leave. 
But I tell you, that's what Jesus was doing, I believe, in my heart, as he spoke about, in some translations, about vomit, about sickness, and, and the smell, and the uncontrollable about that. He was speaking about the condition of the people, not about how he was feeling because the people weren't serving as they should. Does that make sense? He's speaking to a people. When he spoke to sheep herders, he spoke about sheep. When he spoke to farmers, he spoke to them about farming. Crop seeds. Here he's talking to people who were highly educated in a medical area, and he spoke to them about vomit, and they understood about vomit. He said the church was without fire. You know, he was telling them the church is without fire for God, and, and that was the individuals in the church because revival starts with one, doesn't it? And if there's one fire, then if there's a fire, one on fire, then there is a fire there. Amen. It may not be a big uh, bonfire, but there is a fire there. But he said that, that he spoke to them that there was that there was you know very little fire. He was telling them as individuals, and thus the church was a very dry church. Ever been in a dry church? Praise the Lord. Sometimes I look at us and I think we're dry. But you know something I usually find out in the end of the service, it's me that's dry because I've not opened my heart up to what God wants for me. And when you do that, all of a sudden you find yourself in a dry land and, and they were in a dry place where the water was not adequate already in that. So it doesn't surprise me that they were in a place where the water was not adequate and it was a dry church. And, and it said that I believe that they, they supplied no refreshments for the spiritually weary. So they didn't supply healing for the spiritual sick, which means they didn't supply teachings about, about God's word. They didn't supply encouragement. They didn't lift one another up. They came to church, they did their duties, and they went back out into the worldly thing. Here they didn't supply, I believe, refreshment for the spiritually weary either. There's one thing to be spiritually sick. There's another to be spiritually weary. We can be worn out, and we know that the Lord says, Come unto me for those who are weary, and I will give you rest. But they weren't coming unto the Lord, so is it any surprise that they were weary? And they didn't do anything to lift these folks up. And so the weary became more and more tired. Those who were doing the work had no workers beside them. If you're the only one carrying a load, what happens? You get weary, and you get worn out. He talked about them, you know, and, and, and he talked about, you know, spit. Whoa, I'm talking about spit in church today and vomit. Different translations. I think because the church was so dry, he spoke to them about spit. If you work wearily and you're dry and you're working, you ever get so dry that you couldn't even work up a spit to wet your mouth that way? You ever been to that place? Especially in a dry area, the church was so dry, he spoke to them about spit because they couldn't even spit. It was so dry. That's just the way I see it. And that's it doesn't say that in the Bible, but as I read that they were inadequate water, they weren't, they weren't doing anything for the spiritually sick, they weren't doing anything for the spiritually weary. He speaks to them about vomit, he talks, speaks to them about spit. It was a very dry, I don't even believe they could spit. That's how dry the place was. That's how dry they were spiritually. That's how uh, complacent they had come with the Lord, and, and they were going through the motions. Even though they were blessed, he probably kept them from, from crying out to the Lord, I believe. We got everything we need. We got everything we need. We, we are, they're prospering and they, and they felt self-made. Look what I have gained. Look what I have earned. 
I think he's also speaking very much to us today. It's not about what we earn or deserve. It's about what God has given us. Amen? We don't earn it. We can't deserve it. But yet we can become prideful in what we have and forget where the blessings come from. Thus we become dry and we become very spiritually dead. Let us not forget that which we have is on loan and never lasts forever. Prosperity made them, I think, feel self-made. They had, they had, uh, I believe they lost their sight because he talks to them about being blind. In 3.17, you'll see that he talks to them about being blind. Now, they weren't physically blind, but what they were blind to is their condition. They were blind about their spiritual condition. Oh, we're doing good, I'm going to church. Uh, we are wealthy, God is blessing the nation, we have the medical schools, we have this cloth that they were proud of, they had a salve, the medical school had a salve that was specially produced there for eyes in those days, that was a very uh, effective salve for the eyes, they were very proud of these things. They lost their vision. They lost their sight for their condition. Then they lost their vision. That which God would have us, he says, without vision, the people perish. Without hope, without, without reaching forward, without a plan to, to go out and tell somebody about the things of Jesus, people perish. Jesus told them they were naked. In 17. Not clothed with righteousness. They weren't naked, they were dressed with the finest clothes and that which was highly desired, this flat wool cloth, but yet they were naked because guess what? Jesus saw their condition and he told them that they were naked because they did not, they weren't in a right standing with him. He saw everything from a spiritual condition. They were naked before him. They couldn't hide. He knew all about them. He started out in 15, I know your deeds. And I tell you today, we each and every one stand naked before Jesus because he knows our deeds. He knows our hearts. He knows what we're thinking right now. That crazy pastor, what's he talking about? In fact, you may not be calling me pastor. I don't know what you're calling me. But that's okay because God knows. Amen? And it may not be okay because God knows. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesus told them that they were naked. know your deeds. You're naked before me. You cannot hide. Adam and Eve in the beginning. Where art thou? You think he didn't know what they were doing? Or where they were? He was saying, what have you done? Of course, they finally peeked up and had some sort of leaf or papaya or something on there. Some sort of leaf. <laughs> That's why he gave them animal skins, didn't he? The first sacrifice. Blood sacrifice for sin which Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice for sin. Man, I could rabbit trail all day long. I'd become a bunny. <laughs> Revelation 3.17. I've told you about it. Let me read it to you. You say that I am rich. Remember I said that they were rich. You say that I am rich. I have acquired wealth. And this is Jesus talking to them and, and as they were talking to him. Uh, you say that I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And it sounds like he's rebuking them pretty good, doesn't it? See, he knew their deeds, guys. 
He knew their condition. They were blind. They could not see the condition of their spiritual condition, and that's what he was teaching them about. They were dry. They were lukewarm. He said, I'd rather you be one or the other. He wants us to have that fire for him, that, that fire that, that takes us to a place where we're willing to step out when somebody calls you out to service first time you've been here and calls you out and to do what he's called you to do with confidence and know why you, you do what you do. See, that's what he's called us each to do. And to be bold to do it in front of new people takes a lot of coup. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. He knew their condition. He knew they were, uh, that they were blind and could not see their condition naked because Jesus knew their condition. He knew all about them. Revelation 3.18, and that's really where I want to go today. All that to get here. Revelation 3.18. Jesus counsels his people. Remember, this was a rich country. They had banks. They had medical schools that made a salve for the eyes. They had the finest of clothing, the special black wool clothing that would supposedly breathe and all this good stuff, good cloth. But look what Jesus tells them. I counsel you today, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. And white clothes, not, remember they had black cloth. White clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put in your eyes so you can see. Jesus spoke to each one of their most prideful points. Gold refined in the fire. Buy what is really important, that which will last, that which has eternal effect, instead of depending on your banks and your financial wealth, and which caused you to well up in pride instead of well enough with the knowledge and the faith in Jesus Christ. He spoke to the three things that they really had. They had banking. He said, buy gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich. He explained to them what is rich, that which will last forever, that which will last for eternity. He's talking to them about their salvation. He's talking about their salvation that brings them to a place of witness to the others that they might have salvation. And then guess what? It, it just kept on rolling and rolling. If you've got a dollar, you can only spend it once. But if you've got the Spirit of God, He keeps filling you afresh each day. You can keep pouring it out and pouring it out. And as it's received, guess what? More and more have that gold that you already have. You can share it with somebody and never run out. Otherwise, it talks about streets of gold. Gold has no value except that which is refined for an eternal purpose. What are you doing? What kind of work are you doing? What really has value? What makes you truly rich? Is it the monetary value? There's the rich to know that you are saved and that you can have peace and, and joy in your life. Have security in your life. Many have many dollars, but they have no security. They have no peace. They have no joy. And how many do we see taking their own lives because of the lack of these things, but have a fistful of money and a bank full of money and live in a castle? To them, the money meant nothing. To a man who is riddled and sick in his body with cancer or sickness, the money means nothing. He gave the money away to be healthy, wouldn't we? What truly has value? What makes you rich? And he goes on to say, uh, uh, the fire so you may uh, become rich and 
white clothes to wear. Oh, remember, they had black cloth. The world desired the black cloth. He's talking now to them about white clothes, the opposite of what they had. He's talking about them to clothe themselves with righteousness, clothe themselves with a right standing with the Lord. That which brings eternity, which brings the peace and the joy. The white clothes means that innocent before the Lord. I'm standing guilty before him, innocent, because you're in the right standing. doesn't mean you don't do wrong. It means that you uh, have that conversation, you have that freedom to confess and be set free from the bondage. Instead of hiding it as a, somebody in the darkness would have guilty, we want to hide in the darkness, hoping nobody sees what we've done. Oh, but he's saying by the white clothes of righteousness that brings peace. White clothes, not about about works. It's not about the religious duties that somebody places. Many people connect with Jesus because I do this or I do that for the church. They are not connecting with Jesus. They're connecting with the thing that they do and think that I am in the Lord because I do this duty. It's not about the duty or the work. It's about the heart of the servant. They came to church, but there was a dry church. They couldn't wait to get out of there. They spent their time. Praise the Lord. So you can cover your shameful nakedness. How do we cover our shameful nakedness? By the truth. And the truth sets you free. And, and because we are free from our sins and our burdens and our shame that Jesus drug through him uh, through the streets on the cross, you can openly say, I've done this, but yet God has brought me to that. The tired word testimonies. It's not a shameful thing. It's not a prideful thing. It is about the deliverance and the power of God to take that deliverance and sustain it from week and, and into a month and two years. And then he spoke to them again. Same time. Shameful mechanism. And, and sad to put in your eyes so you can see. Remember the medical school? They made a sad that I told you of. Highly sought after. Very expensive. But it worked very good for the eye elements of that day. What he's talking to them is not the physical salve that you put in your eyes. Remember, a blind man, Jesus spit in his hand and put some mud and, and shoved that in his eyes. And he was healed, wasn't he? He's talking about an anointed eye that can see the things of God and sense the presence of God. He's speaking to them about the spiritual things. To know the presence of God and, and to recognize the presence of God and to dwell where the presence of God is, which brings a peace.
dead and their eyes that the church would be alive and, and that the individuals in the church would be alive and that they would take the gold that they've received and go out into the world and, and, and share it with others, the good news. Start out by know your deeds. Verse 15. Just three verses in Revelation to that. Revelation of God. These are the revelation of Jesus speaking directly to the people and it tells you and he speaks it to us just as well as he spoke it to the church of Revel uh, in, in, in Revelation of the, as he spoke it to John while he was on the island of Paphos. But I tell you today, we can very, feel very wealthy and have some money and have the finest of clothes. You can, you can have the best medical people that money can buy, but I tell you, unless you have Jesus Christ in your life, that which will save you, that which will take you to an eternity, that which you can hang on to in the hard times when money isn't important, you don't care if you got clothes on or not, you're sick, you're down, you're depressed, or, or there's no medicine that's going to take any depression away, but I tell you, they can mask it and make you forget about it, but it's still there until we begin to have joy in our lives, peace in our lives, knowing that no matter what happens, God has prepared a place for us. He's coming to get us that we might also fill that place. The knowledge of Jesus Christ. Salvation of Jesus Christ. That's what's truly worth the most. It's not a physical thing. The clothes are just something that we hide our body with. The salve and the makeup is stuff we cover up ourselves to make ourselves look better than everybody else. Make me feel good by looking in the mirror and I don't look the way I do. Sometimes we need to take our makeup off and take our self-righteousness off and begin to look in the mirror and then not forget what we see the Word of God says. That we might truly be wearing the white clothes, the white robes, those things that, that are pure, those things that are clean, and those things that, that puts us in a right standing with God. Because that's what's important in the end. And the end comes soon. Many die young. If you're 100 years old, you're still young. You're not as old as Moses. Or some of those who live 900 years. You're still young. God still has a purpose for you. You still have time to get right with God. Because there will come a day when there's no excuses. They have no excuse comes for each and every one. You're going to stand before the Lord. I pray for each and every one of us. It's going to be a, a reward of crowns that we might lay back at Jesus' feet because we don't deserve any crowns, but he does. Amen? You don't want to be at the white throne judgment. It sounds like that's the place to be, but don't be confused. That's for the wicked dead. Those who have died and, and lived a wicked life without Christ. You don't want to be there. Don't be confused. There's many judgments. Many judgments. Don't get confused about that either. If you look and read scripture, you'll see that there are many judgments for many purposes. None of them matter if you're at the judgment seat of Christ. None of the rest matter because you've already come to the place 
take one stance and you take the other and, and you know something, we aren't going to know any more about when he's coming. It doesn't matter when he's coming, it matters to be ready when he does. Yeah. That's what matters. And he'll come like the, like the thief in the night, the snap of a finger, the blink of an eye. And it's too late to make any decision now. I don't mind flying, but I, I, I'm a little fearful while looking around the clouds and nothing around me. I tell you that. I hope it's in an instant I go from here to there. If we're still alive, what we call the rapture, or the car will be snatched away time. So first today, I'm going to challenge you today, if you haven't been serving the Lord, you've been one of these lukewarm people that the Lord has been speaking about, we give you an opportunity to come up and be prayed for. You need to know the Lord in a new, closer, deep, personal walk. And to know Jesus, that's what you raise your hand. And we will need to know the Lord in a closer walk. Guys, you need to know the Lord in a closer walk. brave souls. Busy in the church, and they're the brave souls. It must be the rest of you who have got your pockets full of refined gold and, and, and dancing down Lucky Street. I don't know. I've never been that lucky. I've never been that lucky. But I certainly have been blessed in many years. Luckiness is like buying a lottery ticket or rolling the dice, or playing the cards, just waiting for your turn to pop up. Mm -hmm. I don't want my turn to come until Jesus calls me, mm -hmm. because there's nothing else. Yeah. 
blood of the Lamb, and the word of the testimony. Coming to Jesus and then begin to testify about it. Guess what? Not only will we overcome, but we will help others overcome as well. So, so be a part of that. If you say, I've never done much wrong, I, I really don't have a great testimony. What a great testimony you have that the Lord has brought you through life without many things to write about. <laughs> so you truly have something to write about if you've never done the many wrongs that I perhaps have done. But uh, don't allow it to be a part of pride that keeps you from it, as the Laodicea church was very prideful. And guess what? We talked about fuel and vomit, all these nasty things. But yet, the fire of God is available as well. So, restore that. God bless you. Thanks for coming. And we will see you uh, Tuesday evening at what time was it? 6.30. 6.30. Regular service time. We'll not have a service. We'll be doing those things instead. Or not instead, but in service to God, actually. It's all in service to God. Right here. Right here.